Hello everybody and welcome to On The Rocks From My Yoga. This is Matt and I am very happy to introduce a full house today. We're going to go around the table. All of you Y yogis will know Jeanette. Hello Jeanette. Hello everybody. And you may also know Erica. Hello everyone. And Robbie and Colin are resident gurus. You definitely will know. Hi Robbie. Hey everyone. Hi Colin. Hello. Colin and Robbie this week are sharing a microphone like they are the backing singers for some 60s group. So if you don't hear them so well, now you know why. Today we are going to talk about good and evil, which is a topic that probably seems quite appropriate at the moment. But it was something that was picked a long time ago, so thank our prophets, Robbie and Colin, for that. I want to start out with a quote from Swami Satyanda Saraswati, his book Yoga and Kriya. Remember that for things to be created, they must be destroyed. For things to be pleasant, there must be unpleasantness. It is not easy to accept these things when they affect a person directly. Good and bad are only human concepts. And today that seems a really difficult lesson for us to understand, given that we, well, I feel like we've just seen the almightiest exhibition of evil, probably in my lifetime. And it's difficult for good to counteract that. What can we do? What can we, the good, or those who believe we're good, do? Is that how you feel right now, Jeanette? Well, how I feel right now Actually, I'm kind of nervous about being on a podcast. So um, <laughs> when you pose the question, how do I feel right now? Actually, I don't feel, you know, I don't feel this uh, tension that yeah. you mentioned about the good and the evil. I feel the sensations that are happening in my body right now. Right. So I don't. And I wonder when you pose that question, do you actually feel? something good and evil within you and has that prompted you to make this uh, inquiry um that's a great question Jeanette can I make an observation about your feelings I think it's I think it's wonderful that that what you focus on is right here right now where you are right here and the job you have to do right now and I think that's wonderful and I would and I I do actually feel like I'm there now but it's taken me a week this time last week did I feel this tremendous force of, you know, of evil being unleashed? And um, yeah, but then I had to say to myself, okay, what is this all about? And we'll maybe get on onto that later. But let's let's um ask everybody else around the table, is that the way you feel? Nervous about the podcast? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's so, there's no need to be nervous. If anything goes wrong, I just snip it out. <laughs> Well, I think uh, as we talked about last night when you came to yoga class and I was laughing because it, it hadn't occurred to me yet that we were maybe putting this in the context of global events and what was happening this week with uh, Ukraine. And it really shifted for me the preparation that took to come into this podcast. So for me, what I would have said yesterday and what I might have said today probably are a little bit different when I was thinking about good and evil, I was thinking more about good and bad and how we have this tendency to need these polar opposites somehow that you can't feel good without feeling bad. You can't feel bad without feeling good. 
And so I think that the word evil put things in a new perspective. And I wouldn't have probably put the word evil into my context until thinking about a situation where somebody isn't antagonizing anything and then having full force brought upon it. So I think that has changed, I guess, in the last uh, few hours. I also woke up this morning and re-listened to the State of the Union address that we had uh, in the States. So that was a nice framework for for this this chat. Robbie? I went through a lot and... um, Usually, I try to avoid um, following the news, but the, the the current events also kind of pulled me back to um, stay up to date. Just trying to also analyze my feelings and my thoughts, and, and also to look at myself through the um, maybe the lens of being a yogi. Like, how do I react to these challenges in the world? Because maybe 10, 20, 30 years ago, I would have used the word evil. But I'm also trying to be a bit more sometimes understanding that these events that happen in the world are far more complex than, you know, just label it with one word. And, and I think we all need to take responsibility. It's, um, I think it's a, it's a shared journey. So, yeah, of course, I, I, I feel your concerns, fear. Um, I feel that there's an energy that, um, that makes us feel unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, uncomfortable something something is triggered i think deep within us because as you said also it's in my lifetime maybe that's the first even that i feel like that we're really part of the history books yeah and and it also brought me back i was still young but i i heard a lot of stories um through my grandparents and parents when uh, russia invaded hungary in 56 yeah so i felt something got triggered in me and i felt like is this really me or some some of these memories are you could call imprints are now being triggered and and, and brought to surface and I, I sometimes feel like some of these maybe discomfort that I feel right now it, it's still what my grandparents or some of my uh, family members must have felt back then in the 50s 60s or even, you know, like when there was a bit of that fear, fear of World War in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So it's a very challenging moment. And, and I think depending on how we react as individuals, as a community, I think that will really change the direction of, of humanity. I feel like we have to be super present and awake because one action can, can escalate other actions. Yeah. This past week has demonstrated if you don't really believe in change, that everything changes all the time, then this week, if you're not convinced by this week, then um, then there's no convincing you. Colin, how do you feel right now? I think ultimately, if we talk about the, how can I say, maybe I'm going to start by saying that I think it, it changes over time also, mm-hmm. over the day, over the, even in an hour. I think if we talk about the global context, I think mostly I feel sad. Yeah. It makes me deeply sad that yeah, that it seems that we will never learn our lessons as a as a as a whole, as a whole humanity, that we still have to reach that point. Make me also a little bit angry that we let this happen also in a way that we also, in my opinion, at least have to self-reflect also what have we done to allow this to happen and probably also take credit for what we've done or be also accountable for it, what we've done. So that's for the global t- context. For the rest, overall, besides that, 
I'm feeling happy on a personal level. So it's this kind of like, and I guess we can come back to that later, but there's this constant yeah. waves of being overall happy in my life. And when you look a little bit broader, or if you put yourself in a, in a bigger picture, a bigger context, then yeah, I think it's mostly sadness and, and anger, which are present as emotions. Do you feel a little bit guilty for being so happy at the moment? Um, that's a good question. Maybe you can answer later. If it, if you don't do a definite yes or no straight away, then <laughs> then we can... I, I, I want to say no like this, but of course there is always a little bit of element of guilt. Yeah. Knowing that other people also do not have this luxury, that luxury. Yeah. So part of my processing of all of this is to do, is to do what I always do, which is to focus on my practice and my study. I love my study. And so I was reminded the opening of the Bhagavad Gita is a battle. Arjuna actually decides that he's not going to fight. And Krishna tells him that actually he must fight, that, that it is his dharma. Even though he's worked out that whichever way this goes, there's seemingly going to be no good coming from it. All of you have looked at that in preparation for for today. Did that give you any insights on what's going on or on your place in the world right now and giving you some direction about your journey or understanding sort of your own reactions to this and how and how you should feel? Let's start with let's let's be random and start with Robbie. Yeah, it's um it's a dark scene for sure. And of course, there, there, there are many ways to look at this battle. For me, it's not really that physical battle. The way I see this, this event, for it's more like an internal battle. If you want to use the words or terms like forces to forces, or maybe like two, two sort of, you could say, um, energies or maybe aspects of your being. So there's that maybe little self that needs comfort, that usually chooses the easy path. And there's another part of you, somehow we're programmed. I hope that we all have that working towards something more divine, something greater. So I think there's this constant battle between these two aspects of our existence. So for me, that's, that's a bit of this um, battle that we also see now, like, okay, as an individual, how do I react to this? Do I run away? Or am I aware? Am I following my own duty? or dharma, or at least I know what I'm meant to do, what I'm supposed to do in this life to really contribute to, to that something greater or something bigger, or just to really serve, if you want to use the word, the divine or God, or I choose maybe that easy path and I choose destruction, I choose uh, being selfish, I choose being needy, just really the one that is trying to rule dominate and I, and I think it's that's the battle that maybe that came up for me in this context of Bhagavad Gita and, and of course now if you want to bring it to this context of the global events I think yeah we do need to sit down um, sit quietly and think about our own personal dharma because a lot of times I felt like oh but just I'm a little person here in Brussels yeah. um, what can I do and and I think we can all do something and, and it really starts with you especially when I heard, you know, like all these attacks, missiles on some of these cities. And I was like teaching a yoga class, like I felt a bit pointless, this whole thing. 
And 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 I was like, okay, but there was a voice telling me that I still need to do it because this is how I can contribute maybe to at least touching one person's life or maybe making a little shift in someone's energy to maybe release that fear. So yeah, I think we can all do something to to contribute that to that global or um, universal shift of consciousness. Jeanette, do you think that there's sort of um, a heightened sense of duty or or are we more aware of duty in situations like this? I think so, definitely. Yeah, as a yoga teacher, for sure, all week, I have been thinking about how can I talk about this? What can I bring into my class? And at what point? Yeah. How shall we incorporate this? Because we want to avoid the situation that Robbie just described of feeling useless or pointless or that we're super privileged because we're doing yoga and therefore we don't count and all of this kind of thing. Yep. So I do think that duty is amplified. And really the solution I came up with was that I actually didn't mention it in any of my classes because I felt very strongly in the end that it's our duty to serve people in a healing sense mm. at these times when we're very unsettled. Yeah. Fear is triggered and all kinds of stuff is triggered, right? Who knows what histories people have. So um, much like a, a healthcare provider, we are providing yeah. a balm in some ways and bringing people to this level of peace and calm, hopefully maybe that they didn't have when they came into the class. And if you get that opening to happen, then okay, then there's a little bit of you know possibility. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. Erica? I think that when I was preparing for this and went back into um, what I think is chapter 16, we were talking about divine versus demonic. And I don't think that I'd spent much time looking at this chapter until, um, until we talked about this podcast. And I thought it was interesting that Lord Krishna told Arjuna that he wasn't born with demonic qualities, but instead was born with divine qualities. I kind of thought to myself, I wish somebody would have told me that early on so I could at least have a, a sense that someone else could tell me that instead of thinking about it for myself. And that this demonic person, demonic qualities, that those types of people conclude that the world has no cause, no effect, no control, or no purpose, that I think it's very confronting when we all think about our own roles in this. We talked a little bit earlier about responsibility, accountability. Is that as an individual? Is that as a society, as a country? Even just looking around our podcast table here, just coming from different countries, what does that mean? How we see ourselves in, in this global context? Yeah, I think it was Robbie that said earlier that how we react as individuals in a community, that if we are there as yoga teachers, um, trying to help the individuals. And of course, particularly special here in Brussels that we're able to maybe be working with people who are working on sanctions, who are working on some of these actual issues throughout their work days and even into work nights, as we saw in this these uh, last few days that people were really working throughout the night um, to try to find ways that we could um, retaliate without military force. I think that is something that um, has resonated with me. And also if it's finding... Um, uh, as Colin said, still that space to be happy for different reasons, happy in a moment, happy in a day, happy or excited and joyful in the last few days about things that are not related to this global context, and then quickly maybe realizing that uh, that is there guilt attached to that. Mm -hmm. 
And guilt usually isn't very positive, right, Colin? And I don't know how I managed to let you have the last word again. Probably guilt is not the best, the most pleasant feeling or emotion to have. I don't think I have a lot to add to what have been said before. Then let me not speak for you, but give a few of my thoughts. So the way I process this is, number one, I worked out that doom scrolling, feeling sorry for myself, and uh, despairing at the power of evil prevents me from doing my dharma. It prevents me from progressing as a yogi, and it prevents me from doing the things that I know I should do in order to be the kind of person that I want to be, that, that is a useful part of society that can contribute in the way that I can contribute. One, one of the things that, I'm, that I found very inspiring is that you know, this horrible situation has given many people an opportunity to absolutely see their dharma and to work it out. And that is not to take away from the tragic consequences, but that just makes me feel okay. I know what my responsibilities are. I understand my duties. I understand my path. And to be distracted from that by self-pity, by guilt, by any of these negative emotions that stop me from, um, from taking that path is, is, is a waste of time. And then the other thing, is that I don't want to be political. I don't think it's the context. But, but the other thing that I took away from this is, why is it this manifestation of evil that upsets me so much and what have I done about other similar circumstances? And I can't answer that, and I have to think about that, and I have to think about how how does working to help people in similar circumstances in other parts of the world who are far away from me, who I don't know, um, I have to work out, is that part of my dharma? Is there something I can do professionally or privately to be able to help that? Because long list of places where 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 there are conflicts let's move on a bit and to go back to good and evil um, now despite me opening with the idea that good and evil are human constructs they do actually make it into yoga scriptures and indeed as yoga embraces a lot of other ideologies the concept of good and evil is one that's very strong within humanity is this really, and, and you mentioned this before, Erica, so maybe you want to start with this, you know, is this really an important stage of progressing as, a, you know, in your human evolution, as the Buddhists like to say? Is working through good and evil and then, and then overcoming this particular binary, is that, is that a necessary part of what we have to do? Because from sitting over from this side of the table, I can't imagine... I can't imagine myself not trying to be good. <laughs> and I can't imagine what it would be like to transcend good and evil. So this is, is this an essential part of how we learn and grow? I don't want to turn us far away from global events, but I think about when I spend a lot of time reflecting about race and identity, that when we talk about things like, for example, white fragility, the book opens with a chapter about good and bad and how for many of us who might have grown up in a Christian context that there is this concept of good and bad, or I guess in this way, good and evil, and that nobody wants to be bad, nobody wants to be evil, and everybody wants to be good. And in that context of racism, for example, that we all think, oh, 
well, racism is bad, so therefore I am not bad, and therefore I am not a racist. So I think in my context, when you say good and bad, I've spent a lot of time reflecting about this in the context of we don't want to, we as humans don't want to be something bad. So how do we just find a way that we are not that thing, even if we maybe are that thing? I thought what also was interesting about the um, about chapter sixteen <laughs> was um, that they talk a lot about accorda, which I hadn't spent a lot of time thinking about. And accorda means to check your anger. And um, you said a little bit earlier about what it triggers us as people, and why does this maybe trigger us more than others? And it talks about how when our body is angry, that our whole body is polluted. So maybe perhaps going back to uh, those triggers and what uh, what is there for us. I think we have to say that, you know, if you if you do get angry, and we will, don't beat yourself up about that either, right? But that's a yoga concept that we're happy to talk about a lot. Like, like be gentle to yourself, be kind to yourself. We're, we're all pretty, pretty good at that one. Colin, given that your background is that, you know, you're an atheist, so therefore the idea of good and evil can't come from, you know, being for God or against God. Do you think that the concept of good and evil, or indeed good and bad, and we'll talk about whether that's a better opposite in a moment, what do you have to to contribute in terms of good and evil as a human construct? Of course, in my perspective, I think religion is part of that. Good and evil is a set of values that we set at a certain time, moment of time, ah. and religion is only a way of framing those values or mm. those those ideas into a, into a frame, yeah, I don't have a better word, or into a, a structure which is easily acceptable for more people. So I think good and evil, or good or bad, indeed, if we can ask ourselves which wording is better. I think something that has always existed in, in human society, we need those values to be able to to build, to 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 evolve, to grow. But we also know that it evolves with the time. Erica takes the example of racism. There was a time it was pretty much okay. And there was a time that was the good way of behaving. This has changed with the time. And yet religion has been there all along. So it's something that, in my opinion, we have to ask ourselves a question when do we confuse good and evil with the truth? Uh. And then we come back to what do we believe at a certain moment being the truth, knowing that the truth will change over time. Mm-hmm. The way I try to navigate this is this, does still feel true to me knowing that my truth is going to be different than yours, different than another person somewhere else. I don't know if I answer your question, but it's no, you do. You do much how I feel about good and evil. It's it's it as you mentioned it yourself. It, we must go beyond good and evil because what and also as as yogis, I would say that we're trying to find a way in between. We are trying to be nor good or evil, even though we we are taught that we need to be good. Ultimately, in my understanding, we are trying to be nor good or bad, nor joyful or sad, yeah. nor happy or unhappy. We want to be at peace. At peace and at the same time feeling bliss. And the problem for us yogis is that don't, don't we all equate bliss with good? Jeanette, you, you, you related to us as a yoga teacher. Do you find, you know, does the concept, do the ideas of good and evil ever come into your preparation for making a class? 
No, I have to say, no, not really. If anything, I would encourage people to roll back that layer of assessment. It's a value. Good and evil are value concepts. Uh As you said in the beginning, human-generated value concepts. So if you layer that over an event or an occurrence, then you don't really see the actual event or occurrence, it's muffled, like a way a drum might be covered with a blanket. Mm -hmm. So, for example, of the problem that happens when you label good and evil is that it depends on who you're talking to. Yeah. And so, for example, immediately when Colin was speaking, I was thinking of acts um, that can be construed in these different ways. And now it's easy for us to say, like the current invasion situation is you know, evil and okay, I'm not in possession of all the facts and I'm not going to talk about that. But for example, we can say that the dropping of atomic bombs on locales in Japan, well, some people might say that was good, war ended because that happened. Other people are going to say that's pretty evil that that happened. So where does that leave us? All we know is we need to peel that back. So if that's where I would start. Get rid of that layer and come back to pure experience because at that point, then you're going to have more clarity. And at that point, we're going to leave our discussion on good and evil, understanding that if you apply those two labels to something that's happening currently, you may not be able to see clearly what is happening which is Jeanette's thought. Join us again next time for the second part of this discussion.